Good morning. That was uh, that was good. That was good. A um, couple things I want to just make mention of uh, real quick. Um, we have uh, a meeting tomorrow night. It's been announced for the last few weeks or whatever. Let me give a little clarity to that. Uh, it's not necessarily a 24 church meeting that is happening tomorrow night for the jail for folks interested in jail ministry. Uh, it is a training that is happening at Cheatham County Courthouse. Basically, we got word. They, they let us know, hey, if you guys have anybody that wants to be involved in jail ministry in the future, they have to come to this training on this Monday night at this time, so on and so forth. And so we just said, well, I guess we'll just put it out there, see if anybody wants to go. And so uh, we're, we're just kind of flying by the seat of our pants on this, and uh, we're just going to see, you know, are some folks interested in being a part of something like this, and, and what does that even look like? Uh, we don't know. Uh, and so we just felt like, you know, a door's opened here. We're going to step through it and see. Uh, and we, we have done some ministry uh, down there uh, at times, more one-on-one at times, just ministering to different individuals and uh, whatnot. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to see what that's about. So if you want to come, uh, I have no idea what it's going to be like. We're just going to go and check it out and see what it's like. And uh, we'll go from there and have some conversations after that. May even have a little powwow after the meeting for a few minutes and just, just chit-chat or whatever. So, uh, But yeah, uh, if you want to come and uh, feel led to be a part of something like that. We'd love for you to join us. Um, uh, other thing I just want to make mention of, uh, we have uh, we have a lot of folks that are visiting with us uh, these days, uh, and I hope uh, I hope that you are, for those of you that are 24 folks have been around uh, for a while, I hope that you have your antenna up uh, to see them uh, and to be, you know, greeting them, saying hello to them, uh, getting to know them. Uh, if you are one of those folks, I'll say this. If you want to come in here and be anonymous uh, and never really get to be known and all that stuff, it's possible. Uh, you know, our, our greeters might attack you uh, in the foyer, uh, but it is possible to somewhat kind of stay uh, to yourself and all that, but we don't want that. Uh, and I'm encouraging you uh, to pray about how you can get involved here, how you can plug in here. And really, until you get plugged in somehow, you probably won't get to build, uh, you know, really real strong relationships. It's just near impossible to do on Sunday mornings as much as we love you being here. Uh, we want you, we want you to get involved and want you to get to know us. We want want to get to know you. Uh, and, uh, and if you don't have a church family, uh, we would love for you to be a part of our church family and, uh, and consider this home. So hope, hope, that, uh, hope that the Lord leads you one way or the other, either here or to, to somewhere where uh, he wants you to be. Um, all right, let's jump into this. Uh, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to 1 John chapter 5, and we are finishing the book of 1 John today. Uh, and uh, if uh, you don't have a Bible, our ushers have Bibles. They'll bring you one. You can throw your hand up if you need one. And if you don't own one, you can keep it. We'd love for you to have it. Consider it a gift. Uh, but uh, 1 John uh, chapter 5, uh, and uh, here toward the end of, uh, of the uh, passage. And uh, what a great, I, I feel like this has been a great series for us uh, as a church, for me personally. Uh, I've, I have enjoyed it. I've gotten a lot out of it. I've been challenged by it. Uh, this passage is no different uh, that we're studying on today. Uh, and, and it's really, this is, this is kind of uh, John's wrapping up uh, what, he, what he was writing in this letter. Uh, but I'll tell you, one of the things that I think is interesting, uh, you know, we have the Gospel of John, uh, which was written by what we believe without 
in really in much doubt at all, in no doubt at all. Uh, the, the Apostle John, uh, you know, we have his take on the life of Christ through uh, the Gospel of John. And, and so, and even he says in his writings of the Gospel of John uh, that he wrote it in order that people might believe in Jesus. And receive salvation. So, I mean, there's, there's like a, you know, there, he has, he had reason beyond just like trying to, you know, uh, document history with Jesus. It was much more than that. He's literally saying, you know, when he wrote the Gospel of John, not talking about what we're reading today, First John, uh, but in the Gospel of John, he was he was writing it that people might believe in Jesus. Again, this is one of Jesus's disciples. This is one of his not just twelve, but inner three, his beloved. They are tight. I mean, this is like getting it from the expert. You know, uh, it's you know, it's kind of like when you're watching Pawn Stars. And somebody brings in like you know uh, the guitar that belongs to Def Leppard or something, and then Rick's like, "Hold on, let me call somebody and get a get a you know a second opinion." And then here comes walking in Def Leppard, you know, and they're like, "Oh yeah, well that's you know that's my old guitar. I painted that thing or whatever, you know." I mean, it's 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 as good as it's gonna get, you know. So then, if we're paying attention, he also tells us why he writes. This and his writing, uh, you know, first, second, third John uh, is really for those that have already believed to really know that they know Jesus. And that word know is huge here. In fact, the word know uh, is used like almost 30 times uh, throughout first John uh, and, and specifically in things that we can know. There, if you if you want to look up lists of it, you can look up lists of it. You can go back and read through. Maybe maybe that's a reason to go back and read through First John for you this week or something. Uh, but there literally is like thirty something things that we can know. Uh, I think there's actually twenty two individual things that we can know according to John in the book of First John. Some of them are repeated to make it where uh, we see the word no more than that. Uh, but 22 different possible things, I believe, that there are. And in this passage that we're studying today, there's six or seven of them, you know. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's crazy. So John wrote the gospel of John that people might believe in Jesus. He wrote the epistles of John that people might know that they know Jesus, okay? You tracking with me? And, and, and this is really important because it does, it does a couple different things. First of all, he didn't write it to discourage people. He didn't write it to discourage a believer to think that they didn't know. I know sometimes, you know, we, we can have doubt about our salvation or whatever it may be, uh, but the truth is, is that if we know that we know that we've believed in Jesus, then we are good. You know, nothing can separate us from the love of God, all those things. So, you know, what he's trying to do is he's trying to solidify with believers who Christ, that they know Christ, and who he is who he is. And that is super important for us today. And so he spends this entire book, and a lot of this is coming from, and we've mentioned this in the past, we mentioned it again, he's trying to, you know, he's having to, not just trying to, he's having to debunk a bunch of people that were at the time false prophets telling about Jesus, but they were kind of making up their own Jesus, and here he is, he's like, you know, Jesus' right-hand guy, and he's like, I can't let them go on doing this, I gotta speak up. And the Lord uses him to write 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. 
And so here we have today uh, this passage, 1 John chapter 5. Let's go ahead and read this together. Verse 13 starts, and it says this. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that, he, that we have asked of him. If anyone sees his brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask, and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is no sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. Verse 18, we know that, we, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true, in his Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So this, this little, you know, hey, we're just going to wrap it up here, you know, kind of section is actually packs quite a punch. Uh, there's, there's quite a bit to this passage and, and quite a few things for us to cover. Let's go back to verse 13. Verse 13, it says this. It says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. In the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So here's, here's one of the no's that I was talking about, that you may know that you have eternal life. Again, John is writing this way to encourage believers to strengthen their faith, to help them to see, help them to be able to go, you know what, I, I do know that, you know, so that, and, 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 and again, the reason for this is that it shows, it's helping them to see and know and have, and have, you know, much understanding that they really are believers, that they really are saved. You know, that's, that's a conversation that, you know, I've had with many people over the years. You know, how, how do you know that you're saved? And, you know, all these kinds of things. Really, this, this whole book is written as helping people to know whether they are true believers or not. And the, and the way that John writes this is he's showing the fruit that comes from being a true believer all throughout the knowing, the knowing, the knowing, all throughout this, all throughout this book is really to help people, you know, go, hey, yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah, no doubt. Or it might raise a flag and go, you know what? I don't know if I'm a believer. I don't know if I am. And, and by the way, if you're in that boat today, let me just encourage you. You don't have to be in that boat today. You can totally believe and trust in Jesus today as your Savior. And, and you know what? The Lord uses Scripture like this not to cast doubt for us to feel bad about ourselves, but to either strengthen us or to draw us to himself. And maybe he's, gonna, maybe he's doing that today. Maybe he's saying to you today, hey, Jesus is the eternal life. 
Do you know that he is the eternal life? Do you know him? Have you believed in him as the son of God, as the Messiah? You can. He wants to change your life. He wants to do amazing things in your life. The Gospel of John Again, was written that, you know, those reading it might believe the epistle here that we have of John was written uh, that they, that those who might read it, who have already believed, might know who Jesus is and might know that they are true followers of Christ. Um, you know, at the end of this, at the end of all this, this, this whole thing, you know, I, I love this. He says, uh, I'll just write, read verse 13 again. I write these things to you that you might believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. That's a, that's a strong statement that John is saying there, that you may know that you have eternal life. That is not, that is not an on-the-fence type thing. You know, our faith is not an on-the-fence type thing. We either know or we don't know. You know, and, 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 the, and the truth is, is, is you know, if you know, then great. If you don't know, maybe God is, maybe God is speaking to your heart today to say, trust me, believe in Jesus. Let me do this work in your life, you know, and, and have eternal life. We have eternal life. That's one, of the, that's one of the statements that John is making here to summarize, you know, what he's been talking about through this passage as he's going to be summarizing here uh, as we go. Uh, we have eternal life. We have eternal life. I mean, I, I know that we, you know, for those of us that have grown up in church or have known Christ for some time, I mean, like, we know that, but, like, I mean, think about that. I mean, that's pretty insane. What God has done for us has invited us to be a part of his family and then not just, you know, we're not just, like, staying in the guest house. We're heirs to the, you know, we're heirs. We're, we're part of. We're, we're literally part of the family, and we will go on to live with him forever. I mean, we, just, we just sang that the, you know, the door of death is the doorway to resurrection life. I mean, you know, it's, it's so hard for us to think about that when we're sitting at someone's funeral or whatever it may be, and, and we're thinking about, you know, oh, we're going to miss them, and what are we going to do without them, and all that kind of stuff. But if they know Christ, man, they have eternal life with God. Verse 14, it goes on, it says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. We know that he hears us. We have another one of these knows. We know that he hears us and whatever we ask when we have requests. So John does a little addition here. You know, if you remember, and you can go back and check it out for yourself, in 1 John 3.22, John brought up this other piece about prayer and that if we pray and we keep it in his commands and we are doing what pleases him, in other words, we are in fellowship with him, and we are growing with him, then he's going to answer our prayers. Well, John is adding to that list right here, okay? So again, 1 John 3.22, you can go back and check it. We don't have it up here, I don't think. He says, you know, that if you keep his commands and you do the things that please him, 
your prayers will be answered. Now he's coming back around. He says, verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if you ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So now we've got, now we've got the, the three things. You know, now we've got, uh, you know, if we're, if we're keeping his commands, if we're following him, right? Uh, and if we're, you know, doing what's pleasing to him, if we're, you know, pursuing him, then our life is bearing fruit. Not talking about perfection here, not talking about being without sin completely. John covers that early on in the book. So you have to, you have to take that as a filter as you're reading things like this. And so then, you know, he, he adds on here this third thing, and he, and he says, you know, that if you ask in according to his will, he hears us. And he goes on further, he says, uh, in, fi- in 15, verse 15, he says, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Folks, this is like, this is like the greatest thing in the world for us. And I, and I think for so many of us, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this many days of my life, of just not thinking about that I can go to God and I can take him anything, especially things according to his will. Think about, think about all the things that we as, let's just let's talk about this on just like the church level, church body level of like things that we would love to see God do. Think about things that you would love to see God do within the church body of 24 church. Just, just we're talking, this is small time, Okay. And if we started praying that God would do those things, if it would be in according to his will, he's not only going to listen to that, he's going to act on that. We've got all kinds of stuff that that we feel like God is leading us to do as a church. What if we started praying together as a church over these things consistently, like just, just giving these things to the Lord? God lead us in all of these things, lead us in what it looks like for us to have ministry to folks that are struggling with addiction, lead us in what it looks like for us to build this sober living house, Lord, lead us in what it looks like for us to have a foster care ministry and whatever that looks like, Lord, lead us uh, in and what it's going to look like for us to have a van bus ministry type thing to, to minister to families in uh, our area that may otherwise not go to church and hear the gospel and their lives be changed. God, use us to save the lost, that the gospel might be heard, that their lives might be changed forever, that their families might be changed forever because of this. What powerful things we have an opportunity to go to the the creator and say, hey, if it would be in according to your will, would you consider doing great things for your kingdom and for your glory, not for the glory of 24 Church, not for the glory of people 24 Church, but for your glory, that people would know you, that you would work and you would do amazing things? Come on. That gets me jacked up just thinking about it. He says, and according to his will, he hears us. His will. You know, Romans 12, 2 says that his will is good and pleasing and perfect. 
good and pleasing and perfect. And you know, and you know, still sometimes selfishly, here's what we do. We're like, God, I know you've got a plan. I know you, I know you've got your will, but I kind of want to slide over here and do my own thing for a little while. Why? Because we think we've got good, pleasing, and perfect figured out? How dumb are we sometimes? I mean, we're like, we might as well be a box of rocks, you know? But that's, that's what we do. We don't mean to. We're not thinking about it that way in the moment. We're just thinking about what, what we want, right? You know? And we're not thinking about what the Lord is trying to do and trying to protect us from sin, which he knows destroys and hurts us and all these things. He loves us. He cares for us. He wants to come behind us. He wants to scoop us up. He wants to put his arms around us. He wants to use us for his glory. He wants us to be a part of the process. He, did, he didn't have to do it that way. He chose to do it that way. He chose that we get to be a part of the process of being used by him to do great things while we are here. Not for ourselves, although it's pretty amazing to get to experience it, but for him that people would know him, that people would know who he is because they know us. Folks, let me just tell you something. God answers prayer, okay? God answers prayer. All right, let's, let's go on verse 16. Here we get into some stuff that I think most folks, when they first read it, it's like, whoa, what is going on here? Verse 16, let's read it. It says this. It says, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, he shall ask and God will give him life. To those who commit sins that do not lead to death, there is sin that leads to death. I do not say that one should pray for that. All wrongdoing is sin. Here he's kind of wrapping back up where he's kind of going with this. He's like, all wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. What in the world is he talking about? Right? When I, I, when, I first, when I first started studying on it, I was like, I was like oh, this will be interesting. This is, this is fun stuff right here. Really, it's, it's really, not, really not that complicated what he's talking about here. First of all, he's talking about interceding for other believers, okay? He's talking about lifting up in prayer, okay? So he's been talking about prayer. He's still talking about prayer. He hasn't, he hasn't switched gears off prayer yet. He's still talking about prayer, and he's, he's saying, if anyone sees a brother committing a sin, not leading to death, he shall ask, okay, and God will give him life to those who commit sins that do not lead to death, okay? So what, what, what are we talking about here? It's talking about, talking about when a fellow believer, a fellow brother or sister in Christ, okay, have fallen into sin, all right, and then we have an opportunity to minister to that person by literally just praying for them, lifting them up to the Lord. God, I know that they're in a moment right now. I know that they're, I know they've kind of fallen into something right now. Lord, please protect them. God, do a work in their life. Lord, I know you've already forgiven them through the cross. God, just continue to do a work. Lord, I pray, I pray that you would draw them back to you. I've prayed that prayer, I can't tell you how many times, over different people in my life. Uh, and, and I guarantee there's been people that have prayed it for me too. And I am thankful for that. This is, this is ministry to a brother or sister in Christ 
that we are called to, and you would think, I mean, this is a no-brainer, really, right? I mean, like, we love one another. We're called to love one another. He spends the whole book talking about how we're ministering to one another, loving one another, caring for one another, ministering to one another. And here, you know, is just kind of, again, kind of following through with that same theme. And he's saying, pray for one another, lift them up. And you're, and, but I know what you're thinking. You're like, still, Chris, what's up with the death? What's up with the death, the, 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 the sin that, you know, the sin that leads to death kind of stuff here, okay? Here, here's, where, here's where I believe he's going. I believe, I, and here's why I say that that first part is that he's talking about praying and lifting up believers is because I, I believe that in the second part he's, in, in the sin that leads to death, there is only one sin that leads to death. Do you know what it is? People ask this question. I won't answer your question yet. I won't hang you for just a minute here. People ask me this question, especially when uh, I've been in moments where I'm ministering to people that have been around maybe suicide. And they ask me this question. They say, Chris, is, I, I, I got to ask you this question. Do you know, is this, is this the unforgivable sin? I say, no, it is not. The blood of Jesus is good enough to cover all sin. But there is one thing. It is the sin of unbelief. It is the act of denying Christ and believing in Christ to be your Savior. That's it. And so here, I believe that the way John is writing this is he's writing about us praying for believers and then he's letting us know you can pray for a non-believer, but as far as like saving them from themselves, we can't pray them into that. They at some point along the way have to trust and believe in Jesus to be their Savior. And then furthermore, he goes on in verse 17, and, and he's like, let me be clear here, he's like, all wrongdoing is sin, but there is sin that does not lead to death. And there I think, Quite possibly, he's, he's trying to, uh, and this is a historical thing I read in some commentary, in commentary uh, you know, that he's, he's probably kind of bringing this up, that all wrongdoing is sin, because there was a moment in time there where some of these folks that were Jesus followers, but not really teaching the person of Jesus as we know him to be in truth, uh, you know, that were basically saying, you know, they were literally making laws around like the Bible. And so like, you know, you, you, as long as you kept these laws, you know, Old Testament, you know, Ten Commandments, some of this kind of stuff, you know, that you were good. And, and, and John is trying to clear the air and saying, hey, hey, no, no, like all wrongdoing is sin. All wrongdoing is bad. Like all wrongdoing is, is, is not good for you. It is going to hurt you. It's going to do what sin does. You don't want any part of that. I think that it is important for us to pray for one another. I think it is also important for us to pray for our unbelieving friends, that God would just continue to speak to their hearts. I pray this a lot over several of my friends who are not believers. And I just pray and like God speak to their hearts. I had one of my one of my friends who's not a believer, who lives in Chicago, came through town this week, sat down in my office with me for a few moments, and and we just talked. And he was talking to me about his family members that are Christians, and he grew up in a church, and he had some really bad experiences in a church. 
No surprise, that stuff happens, right? And it just completely just turned him away from, from the Lord and from the church. And so we were having this very candid conversation. He, he, I think he rather enjoys talking about it with me. Uh, he, of course, knows where I stand. Uh, and, uh, and, but he was sharing with me some of the reasons why he could just never, never choose to believe in this kind of thing. And while we sat there, I, I just prayed in that moment. I said, God, use, use this time together for him to see you. I pray that he would, he would know you. I pray that you would continue to show, him, show yourself to him through other people. Lord, that he, that he just couldn't possibly deny your existence, that you're real, that you love him, that you care for him, that those things that broke him of the church are not of you, right? I think it's important for us to pray. I think it's important for us to pray for our believer friends. I think it's important for us to pray for our non-believer friends. Verse 18, it goes on. Verse 18. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. We know that we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Now, we've got a couple of no's here in this passage. The first one there is uh, we know those who have been born of God don't keep sinning. Now, again, filter, you got to the whole context, systematic theology, study the whole thing. You know, don't just don't just take the piece. Uh, you know, earlier in First John, he says very clearly. When I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about that you become perfect without sin and you never sin again. It is that when we have believed in Jesus and our lives have been changed, our heart is to want to follow Christ. Do we always do that? No. I mean, Paul talks about this. He's like, he talks about, you know, I hate, I hate the things that I do sometimes. Talking about his own sin. He doesn't tell us what it is, you know, or whatever. But, you know, it, that's how we feel about our sin. You know, I had, I had the conversation uh, with one, one of the guys in our church this week who just was just being honest with me. Uh, he's in a crazy place in his life right now. Uh, and, and, he just, you know, we're, we're talking quite a bit these days, and he just said to me, he said, Chris, I just, I can't believe I did it. I've, done, I've been doing so well at trying to follow the Lord, and then, and then I gave in to one of my, one of my sins that I just, I just thought, I'm never going to do that again, and I did it. And he's like, you know, and I was, and, and I'd, he's like, Chris, you know, I've been having like some really tough weeks, and he's like, yesterday was such a good day. And then last night I let that happen. And I was like, man, <laughs> that story is all too familiar for all of us. And I told him, I said, man, I said, you know what? I'd be worried about you if you weren't convicted about it. I was like, you're convicted about it. I was like, and just let me just remind you today of the truth, which is that God loves you and he's already forgiven you. Don't let that thing beat you down. Don't let the devil use that against you in your life and you moving forward and growing in your relationship with Jesus. Verse 18, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. Here's the truth. Um, we, give, we give Satan way too much credit. We give Satan way too much credit sometimes. 
Like, oh, well, the devil made me do it. No, no, he didn't. He didn't make you do it. You liked the sin, and you decided to do it, okay? Now, are we tempted at times? Does he have a hand in that at times? Yeah. I don't want to give him, you know, like no credit whatsoever, but the truth is is that we give him way too much credit with things that honestly are on us. We have, we have power over sin through Jesus. We are no longer slaves to it. Now, he doesn't want us to believe that, and Scripture even talks about how he tries to get, you know, pull truth from our minds to keep us from believing that. But the truth is, is that, that what Jesus has done has freed us from all sin. We no longer are slaves to sin. He says, read verse 18 again, it says, We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. Jesus reigns every day of the week. Every day of the week. Okay? I mean, if you follow a sports team and you got like your favorite sports team or whatever, you know what it's like to have the highs and the lows, right? And, and you know, and, and we get behind that team and we're like, man, I just, you know, we're having a good season or whatever. My baseball team's having a good season this year. I'm so happy about it and I love watching them beat up on all these people, talk trash all the time. You know, it's fun. It's great, right? You know, but you know what? Here's the beauty about this. Sin in our life, the devil, the devil, the devil has no control over us. He has no power over us. Jesus protects us. The evil one cannot touch us. Okay? He doesn't want you to believe that. He doesn't want you to believe that, okay? Believe it. Jesus is that good, all right? He's winning all the time. He's got a streak going like crazy, okay? Verse 19, we know that from him, we, we, know, we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. This is, you know, kind of going back to a little bit of the same thing. Uh, we know, he, he's, again, John is just trying to help strengthen a believer's understanding of how Jesus has them, how the Lord has them, and is like going to protect them and take care of them and all of these things. And then here he's saying, we know that we are from God. You are from God. Not only can, can Satan not touch you, but we are from God, and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. He's like, you know what? You're in the world, but guess what? It doesn't matter. The world can't touch you. That power can't touch you. Jesus' power is still greater. We have victory over sin and the devil, and we belong to Jesus. These are huge statements for us today. Huge statements for us today. God is greater than he who is in the world. You'll find that in 1 John chapter 4. Verse 20, let's go on. Verse 20 says this. It says, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true. 
in His Son, Jesus Christ, He is true. He is the true God and eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So, he starts off, verse 20, and here you know, he's, he's ending this thing that's just, I mean, let's face it, First John is just full of just amazingness for us as believers, right? And he's ending this, like, you know, with these last couple of things, and he's like, you know, I just want to remind you why we came here today, okay? In verse, in verse 20, the first thing he's like, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true, his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. If you you have any doubt about who Jesus is before we got to this verse and you were sleeping on the first four and a half chapters, this is clarity. All right? This is... This is who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. He's bringing us truth. John wants us to know the truth about Jesus. He wanted all those people at that time to know the truth about Jesus. He wanted to to debunk any false prophet who was teaching Jesus being some other clown or whatever that they were coming up with at the time. We can know what is true. Praise, praise God for that. I praise God that we can know what is true. And furthermore, he says we can know him who is true. We can know him who is true. Right there in verse 20. It says so that we can know him who is true. And we are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Boom, boom. And then he throws in verse 21. And verse 21, if you're kind of like not really thinking about it, seems a little out of place. It's like, you know, you know, it's like here he's he's signing off. He doesn't do he doesn't do like Paul and like, you know, where he's like, you know, I don't want to write to all these guys and wish them well and thanks for the flowers or you know, whatever it may be. All this kind of stuff that kind of Paul ends a lot of a lot of his letters to the churches in the way that he does, which I love. Uh, John straight up like he's like he he does this. He does this thing that he's already been doing throughout the passage where he says, Little children, okay? And he's like, Look, you know, your children, you're you're part of the family, you're children of God you know, but you're still trying to understand, okay? And, he, and he's, trying, he's trying to do it in a loving way, in an encouraging way, and he's like, little children, keep yourselves from idols. And you're like, and then he's like, mic drop. Like, what? What? Why? Why'd he do that? Why? That seems out of place. He's not been talking about idols. John understood something as a fellow sinner, which is this. And we spent a whole series recently talking about idols. He, he understood that we will make idols in this world without meaning to at times, and we will replace God with something else, a lot of times something that's good, and we make it more important than Jesus. And he's saying, don't fall for that junk. 
keep your eyes on Jesus, nothing else is going to save you. It will all fail you. It will all lead you astray down rabbit holes that you don't want to go, and one day you'll wake up and go, why in the world did I do that? We know the truth. Let us trust in it, in all of these things. And might we pray today as a church for God's will to be done, even in the things around us, using us, leading us, our calling in this world, the purpose in which He's put us, where He's put us, for those that He's brought into our lives to care for, to love on. Mark eleven twenty four says this. It says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it, and it will be yours. Let's pray together. I want you just to take a second. I want you to pray on your own for just a moment here. Maybe you need to take something to the Lord that's heavy on your heart. I recommend that you approach him and tell him just how amazing he is in your life and thank him for who he is right now. And maybe you just need to confess something right now that's on your heart. Maybe you're, maybe you're struggling. Maybe you've got sin in your life that you, you want him to take away. You need help with getting him to help you to take that away, to help remove that. Maybe you're bitter towards someone right now. Might you pray for them right now? Might you pray for that person that's hurt you right now? Might you pray that God would give you a clean heart and a steadfast spirit to follow him, to not waver, to not give up, to give it your all. God, we come to you right now as your church. God, in unison, together today we pray and we ask that you would use us to do great things for your kingdom. We pray and ask, Lord, that you would be glorified in us, that other people would know who you are because they are in our lives because they might worship with us, they might see you and how we love you and how you have cared for us, that we could tell those stories. God, I pray wherever we go and whatever we're doing, God, that we would be that light in workplaces, in schools. God, anywhere that we might be, God, Lord, we lift up our friends to you right now, the people that you've put in our lives. Lord, some of them don't know you. God, we pray that you would reveal yourself to them, that you would use us to do that. God, that they would know that we love them, but we love them because you loved us. God, I pray, Lord, that they would experience your love through
through us. God, I pray that you would be glorified in their life change to bring them to you. God, I pray for fellow believers, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ right now who are struggling, who are in hard moments because of loss, because of sin, or because of life. God, I pray, Lord, that we would encourage one another, that we would come around one another, and that you would use us, Lord, to show that love and care. God, we thank you most of all for your son, Jesus. God, I pray for anyone that's sitting here listening to this right now that hasn't trusted in you to be their Savior. God, I pray that today would be the day that they believe. God, do that work in their heart that no one else can do. Show them, Lord, your love for them, your care for them. God, we ask this in your Son's name. Amen. If you would like to talk about what it means to know Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to the foyer. I'd love to talk to you.